Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today I'm going to cover the book Jaber Crow, a novel by Wendell Berry. This is book 33 of 52 for my 2022 reading list. Well, this is my first book ever by Wendell Berry. I've wanted to read him for a while. I've heard such good things, and I finally I finally did it. I finally read a book by Wendell Berry. And I started with this one, Jaber Crow, because I heard Andrew Peterson say that this was one of his favorite books. So I read uh, Andrew Peterson late last year and enjoyed his book, God of the Garden, and so I thought I'd give this one a try. Now, the narrator of this book is Jaber Crow, the title of the book, and he says that this is a book about heaven, but it's not. It's a book about Kentucky, and it's a book about a barber in Kentucky from 1937 to 1969. Jaber Crow is is looking back at his life. So it's, it's in the future of his life, but he's looking back over his life and he's, he's retelling his story. He's telling about his home, his community, his loves, and the things that stirred his heart. It is a beautiful novel and it's one I, I didn't want to end. I, I wanted to stay in that world. And as I was reading it, and as I was in Wendell Berry's world and through Jaber Crow telling his story. I I got a feeling that I don't get very often when I read books. It's like something begins to stir inside of me. And it, and it's tied to that not wanting to leave it, but it's 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 like it I had a similar feeling when I a few years ago when I read a book by George MacDonald. And there's this strong desire where I want to be like the main character. I want, in this case, I wanted to be Jaber Crow. And in the McDonald book, I wanted to be like that main character. And it's odd because uh, there, there's not a whole lot appealing about Jaber Crow if, if you're looking from the outside. But, and, and there's a lot of things wrong in this book. It's not, it's not like this crazy, like Truman, Truman's world of, of things just going right all the time. Like things go wrong. People die. Uh, there, there's sadness, there's depression, but there's hope and there's life. And there, there's, there's this, there's something that you want to be a part of. There's, there's a closeness to the land. There's a closeness to community. There is, there are things that just stir your heart and, and that, that, you know, deep down are, are right. And I, I think that's that's one reason for Wendell Berry's popularity. He's 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 really captured something of of what appears to be something that we that we desire or, or a lot of people really desire. And so it 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 seems like a simple book in that sense of of your of kind of going back to the basics, uh, whether that's gardening and farming and planting, and being so excited to wake up in the morning just to see what has grown from the previous day. Those kind of simple joys, those kind of, of just deep, deep passions and, and joys. And so that's, that's, that's what this book, you're, you're getting that in the life of this Jaber Crow. 
and it's a real life. It's 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 uh it it's it's the good and the bad and the ugly, and yet you see something triumph in in the life of Jaber Crow. I also found it very intriguing because his life with with the years that he was alive, 1937 and 1969. And again, this is a novel. This is Jaber Crow. Uh, so this is Wendell Berry, the author, writing. Uh, Jaber Crow is the narrator telling about his life. But his, his life corresponded roughly with the years that my grandfather was alive. And so as I was reading this book, I'm just picturing my grandfather's life and what it would have been like to go through these historic events that, that happened during those years. Um, shifts in, in the world, just shifting to TV, um, shifting to more of an interstate system connecting the United States and what that did for small towns and, and that sort of thing. Uh, my grandfather was was a farmer early in, in his life. And so just reading about some of the the farmers in this book, I just kind of kind of got a better sense of, of my grandfather in a way. And in, in my grandfather lived in, in the north in Wisconsin. This takes place in Kentucky. So just, you know, different areas and all that, but just still knowing that it was the same years, uh, there was something special about that in, in this book as well. And so maybe this is a book about heaven. Uh, maybe heaven is a lot closer than, than we think. And in that paragraph where, where Jaber Crow tells us that this is a book about heaven, here's the rest of what he says. This is a book about heaven. I know it now. It floats among us like a cloud and is the realest thing we know and the least to be captured, the least to be possessed by anybody for himself. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which you cannot see among the crumbs of earth where it lies. It is like the reflection of the trees on the water. So that's the first time he says that this is a book about heaven. He says it another time, and, and I'm going to read that paragraph here as well. This, ad, this is, as I said and believe, a book about heaven. But I must say, too, that it has been a close call, for I have wondered sometimes if it would not finally turn out to be a book about hell where we fail to love one another, where we hate and destroy one another for reasons abundantly provided, or for righteousness' sake, or for pleasure, where we destroy the things we need the most, where we see no hope and have no faith, where we are needy and alone, where things that ought to stay together fall apart, where there is such a groaning travail of selfishness in all its forms, where we love one another and die, where we must lose everything to know what we have had. But the earth speaks to us of heaven, or why would we want to go there? End quote. I, I came across other characters in this book that are names of Wendell Berry's other books. So that's really intriguing to me. I'm, I'm making the assumption here that, that those books are taking place at the same time, in the same, play, in the same land, uh, in the same setting as this book, but perhaps from that character's point of view. So that's making me want to get into the other books by Wendell Berry. Uh, I, I obviously love this one so much that it, that it will be fun to go through those other other ones at, at some point in my life. But uh, but I found I found that neat just to come across these characters. You see them as titles of his other books, and then just to think, oh, it'd be it'd be fun to read. It'd, it'd be fun to see what that character thinks about Jaber Crow. And so I'm hoping that that's what, what happens in those books. 
about this being a book about heaven, I, I will get into that a little later in the episode as well. It's an intriguing question. It, 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 I, I bring it up in the first segment here because it did stick out to me. Uh, it's, it was just such a kind of an odd thing. Uh, you didn't get that. I didn't get the sense that that would ever come out in this book, that this is a book about heaven. It was such a shocking thing that it stuck out. He mentioned it twice. And it, it makes you think, though, is, is this a book about heaven? Because it seems more kind of about mundane life. But it, it, it makes you ask that question. Just quickly reading stats for this book. It's a 363-page book. It took me 11 days to read, uh, 11 hours and 46 minutes of my time. I read it between July 27 and August 6. So this episode will be a little different. Uh, I'm just going to do one more segment, and I'm going to cover a few comparisons between this book and, and others that I've read this year. And then uh, just kind of close out with how that somehow ties into the to the one thing, my one key takeaway for Jaber Crow by Wendell Berry. It's funny, I set my reading list a year in advance and and then I set the order. I randomized the order. So I, I don't control the order in which I read the books. And so book 33 was this one, Jaber Crow. Book number 34 is the one I'm reading right now, and that is Sir Gibby by George MacDonald. And there are so many similarities between these two authors and even the stories of Jaber Crow and Sir Gibby. Uh, my wife, who is a huge George MacDonald fan, said she heard someone recently say that Wendell Berry is a modern-day George MacDonald. And I am seeing a ton of similarities. And so if you know of those two authors, uh, I I, I found that to be kind of a helpful, helpful comparison. I'm going to do something a little crazy here and and give another comparison. And you gotta you gotta hear me out on this because the the comparison at first may not make sense. But I read another book this year for my 2022 reading list, and that book was by a man named Theodore John Kaczynski. You may know him as the Unabomber, and the book is Industrial Society and Its Future. And there are a lot of similarities to the point where I I could take sentences from Industrial Society and Its Future and embed them into Jaber Crow. And likewise, I could do the same where I take from Jaber Crow and put it into Industrial Society and Its Future. And I it, it would be hard to tell them apart. The the some of the mindset is very similar in terms of, well, industrial society or, or advances coming. Like in Jaber Crow, there's this huge contrast between farming as it had been done and the new kind of farming, like business farming and business farming actually destroying the land as opposed to uh, the other kind of farming, the traditional kind of farming. And so there are a lot of those types of contrasts in, in Jaber Crow. And yet these two books lead to two very different directions. One book leads to death and the other leads to life. One is very hollow and the other is life-giving. And I think you know which is which. Uh, Industrial Society and its future actually calls for revolution and it calls for, well, Ted... Ted Kaczynski says he has to kill some people along the way to get his his 
point across. But the, the really interesting thing is, is that there is a scene in Jaber Crow, and I'm going to just read it here. It's a paragraph towards the end of the book. Now, there's this area called the Nest Egg, and it's just this beautiful, beautiful area of old trees, and, and here's what's happening. Uh, something of great importance is going on, I thought to myself, brushing it aside. Surely the news is happening someplace nearby. And so it wasn't until I'd commenced work in the garden that I all of a sudden stopped, knowing that I knew what it was. And an awful coldness of knowledge went over me from head to foot. I put my hoe away and started for the nest egg. It was a painful walk, for I was still hoping to be proved wrong, but every step I took confirmed that I was right. The thickety little strip of bottomland along the lower of Coulter branch had been cleared off with a bulldozer, and that was where they were yarding up the logs. Tremendous logs were lying there, side by side. They made me think of beached whales, giving great living creatures heaved out of their element at last. But all the logs were not big. Troy Chatham had sold every marketable stick, every tree big enough to make two by fours. End quote. That, uh, so this is Jaber Crow hearing demolition happen happening and then as he's walking towards this nest egg his kind of beloved area of of these beautiful trees he realizes what is happening and and that land is being bulldozed and i don't think it's in ted kaczynski's book but um apparently the one of the reasons he he decided to start his terror and and all that was because land near where he was living, the same thing was happening. They were, they were clearing that land. And so that's where you you get the, the book that he wrote. That's where you get the call to revolution and having to kill people to get the message out and, and all that kind of stuff. So that that is leading to death. So both Wendell Berry, well, through Jaber Crow in this book, and Ted Kaczynski, they, the, there is this similar experience of watching a beloved area be demolished. And they went two different ways about it. And I don't want to get into the way that Jaber Crow went because it gives away the end of the book. But it is the opposite of the way it went for Ted Gazinski. And in fact, when I read the end of Jaber Crow, I had a hard time understanding it. And I wasn't sure exactly what had happened. And I'm talking the last two paragraphs. So if you've read it, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you haven't read it, I'm not going to give it away. But something happens, and, and I wasn't quite sure what it was. But actually, in, just even in preparing this episode, in contrasting it with the path that Ted Kaczynski went down, it makes sense. And, and you see that this book, Jaber Crow, is actually an antidote to Kaczynski, to the path that he chose. And it was just cool that that, that happened in, in kind of thinking, thinking about the different directions that these two books went. It actually helped to inform the ending of Jaber Crow. And just as a side note, I if you've read Jaber Crow and and you have thoughts about the end, I, I would really love to hear what those thoughts are. Uh, so whether you send me an email or uh, we, we set up a call or something, I, I would really love to talk to somebody about this book and, and the end of this book, especially. 
But uh, real quickly, I do want to highlight one other part in this. Uh, I know that kind of got a little serious there. So let me read something that uh, was just hilarious. And this is towards maybe the last three-fourths of the book. And this is uh, Troy, who we just saw, who is kind of overseeing the the destruction of that that land. So Jaber Crow and Troy, uh, Jaber Crow does not like Troy. And there's a lot of history there. You can read about it in this book. But um, this this part is hilarious here. One Saturday evening, while Troy was waiting his turn in the chair, the subject was started, and Troy said, "It's." It was about the third thing said. They ought to round up every one of them, sons of and put them right in front of the damned communists, and then whoever killed who, it would be all for the good. There was a little pause after that. Nobody wanted to try to top it. I thought of Athy's reply to Hiram Hench. It was hard to do, but I quit cutting hair and I looked at Troy. I said, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Troy jerked his head up and widened his eyes at me. Where did you get that crap? I said, Jesus Christ. And Troy said, Oh, it would have been a great moment in the history of Christianity, except I did not love Troy. End quote. That was so, that was just awesome. To recap, this book was something special. I I really enjoyed it. I did not want it to end. It was a world I wanted to keep inhabiting. And when I find that happening in a book, I feel something shifting inside to draw me almost draw me inside that world in in a desire for a change that would make me the kind of person that would w- could inhabit that world and be like that character and move in the direction that that character is is moving and i think that's one of the p- most powerful things about about fiction uh you you obviously see a lot of of characters you don't want to become either it, it, it just in general fiction uh, but but when you come across a character like this, and and one that's not you know ridiculously like perfect, that's uh, you know an unattainable thing, and, and not something you would even want to desire, but like a true person who loves well, and who lives well, it it just it changes you while you're while you're reading it, and so I I want to read more books like this. They're they're powerful. Just to let you know, it it did take me about 100 pages to get into it, and I'm finding the same thing with the Sir Gibby by George MacDonald. So if you start Jaber Crow and, and it and it seems to j- take a while to get into it, just keep keep going. It uh it it really gets good, and, and you need that that uh, initial phase just to kind of get into the story. So so do stick with it. Um, I encourage you to read it and. If you have read it and you would like to discuss the ending with me, I would really enjoy that because he, uh, Barry, Wendell Berry left the ending ambiguous enough to where I think you could have a lot of different ideas of what happened. Uh, it's, it's almost like Cormac McCarthy in, in that sense, but, but yeah, there was, there was something really special about the end of this book. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, Email me at eric at booksoftitans.com 
if you would like to discuss it further. That's Eric, E-R-I-K, at booksoftitans.com. You can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter, at Books of Titans. And the website is booksoftitans.com. And I have a ton of resources there to help you find the best books and to create your own reading list. I'll be back in a week or two to discuss another book or series from my 2022 reading list. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out. 